Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the podcast that just wants the answer to the simple question. When you let Grandpa get that nipple piercing, what the hell were you thinking? This is the Saturday, May 16th, 2015 edition of the show, and we're talking about Seymour Hersh's story in the London Review of Books, or as I like to call it, Time to Put Grandpa on the Home Edition. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you in part by the Waukesha Center for the Aging and Unwanted. Waukesha's, it's like that closet where you keep old things you don't want anymore. If you would like to sponsor the show, we suggest you head over to Waukesha, drape yourself in a shawl, sit down amongst the other old people, because you just shouldn't be making decisions on your own anymore. than a journalism fan. It goes way deeper than that. I'm kind of a groupie. In a different time and place, I would probably loiter outside journalism's door when it's on tour, hoping to make a plaster cast of its penis. Some of you will get that reference, and the rest will need to Wikipedia, and I don't think groupies are actually doing that anymore. If they are, I don't really ever want to think of One Direction lining up for a, a casting. This is why this week's show is so very sad to me, because I'm forced to admit that one of the rock stars of journalism has gone all Bob Dylan and made the media equivalent of that Victoria's Secret album he did a few years ago. Seymour Hirsch is a lion of the journalism world. His investigative work makes Woodward and Bernstein look like Jim Rockford. Hirsch broke the Milai Massacre, Abu Ghraib, and a host of other things their perpetrators list never saw the light of day. And now Sai has uncovered a story so huge, a story of a cover-up so deep, so vast, it could bring down the presidency. If it were actually true, or had even a shred of real evidence to back up a single allegation that he's made. Hirsch's mind grapes latched on to the idea that the entire story about how we killed Osama bin Laden, as told to us, is a fabrication, 
a stretched truth, or as Sai would say, complete and utter bullshit. Now, the story you and I were told by the lying liars in the Obama administration and painfully dramatized in the movie Zero Dark Thirty was that an attractive young CIA analyst plowed her way through hundreds of torture... I'm sorry, that's not torture, that's not what we called it... Um, enhanced interrogation se sessions, sifting for clues like the Scooby Gang at an abandoned theme park. She eventually found the one clue that led us to a house in Pakistan. A team of Navy SEALs went all 80s action movie on Osama's ass only to find out that it was actually Old Man Winters in a mask. No, wait, I'm sorry, that actually was a Scooby-Doo episode. No, the SEALs killed Bin Laden, we got a bunch of major intelligence, and we chucked his body in the ocean. The truth, according to Hirsch, was that the Pakistani intelligence service had Osama Bin Laden for years. He was living in Abbottabad like it was a retirement community, like it was Del Boca Vista 2, and the only reason the ISI ever gave him up is they got really tired of him fighting with Murray Scheinbaum in 4A. And the Navy SEALs didn't so much as swoop in, as saunter up, and shoot him so many times he looked like Wild E. Coyote playing with an Acme Vulcan cannon. And then, apparently, they also put his head on a stake outside King's Landing... No, wait, I'm sorry, that was Ned Stark. No, they dumped his body somewhere over Hindu Kush. To be honest, there were so many allegations of prevarications and nefarious obfuscations in size 20,000 leagues under the sea I told you so that I didn't bother to read them. What I did bother to read was Vox's point-by-point -point debunking of the entire story, which is much shorter and is currently being made into a BuzzFeed listicle even as we speak. But to sum them up, Hirsch's anonymous sources were not connected to any of the actual events. His corroborating sources were also unreliable. None of his timelines match up. Plus, the versions of the story have actually been going around conspiracy circles for years in one form or another. Now, why am I not even a half-assed journalist? Indeed, being a no-assed, never-been-a-journalist, daring to criticize the reporting of a legend whose work I'm not even fit to hyperlink on my blog. Because it's really, deeply, and embarrassingly wrong. The kind of wrong that plays up the worst-minded herpiderpitude burning in the heart of these people who believe that our government is going to place them in abandoned Walmart concentration camps. It feeds the paranoid delusions of con the conspiracy-minded who think there is no lie too heinous, no scheme too unbelievable, or race-baiting dog whistle too far-fetched to believe, and gives those idiots the credibility of a media legend to add to their insanity. Now, some of you will say, Oh, are you worried that your favorite president might look bad? Uh, you're such a brainwashed libtard that you believe everything Barack Hussein Obama tells you. To which I say, no, Mom, would you please just listen to me for a second? Of course we were lied to about at least some of the elements of the killing of Osama bin Laden. Significant portions of the story were at a minimum buffed up in order to score some propaganda and political points. I mean, we've got such a long history of this happening, it goes back before we even had a country. George Washington showed up at the Continental Congress in his uniform from the French and Indian Wars like he was the second coming of Alexander the Great.
The Maine blowing up in Havana Harbor wasn't an act of terrorism or an act of war. It was probably a drunk sailor with a cigarette in the powder magazine. Some politicians, however, at the time were so happy to let the golden shower of yellow journalism splash all over the upturned face of America. And the Gulf of Tonkin? I don't even think there is a place called the Gulf of Tonkin, much less than a ever occurred there. And the less said about WNDs in Iraq, the happier Jeb Bush will be. The core of the story, however, is probably true. Because you have to use the first rule of conspiracy. The more people that know about something, the less likely it is it can be kept a secret. So, you have all the people in the White House, the Pentagon, the CIA, and Edrie Grimslowski, the pizza guy, who somehow wandered into the Situation Room the night this happened. So awkward. Not to mention the SEALs, one of whom wrote this self-aggrandizing book. The people who were supporting the SEALs, all told, there were probably several hundred to a thousand people involved in the operation to kill Osama bin Laden. And there is no way in hell that many people keep a secret of this proportion. It just can't happen. I don't know if Seymour Hersh is having some sort of sad and utterly understandable senioritis, which is just really a nice way of saying the onset of certain mental impairments among the aged. Or it could be he's just a cantankerous old bastard with a bone to pick with Obama or America, or I don't know. And there seem to be plenty of those around these days. Either way, someone needs to get Cy off to one side and suggest that now might be a good time to take up fly fishing, which is the punishment we impose upon our elderly who are determined to slip slowly into their dotage in the public view. Things are bad enough in the state of American media that we don't need Grandpa shouting at the clouds. Our institutions are a laughingstock, and modern investigative reporters think finding a corroborating source is an article on Wikipedia. No, no, dude, totally, I got this. This source right here on Wikipedia said that the guy that was Deep Throat with Watergate is also the same guy who played the delivery guy in the movie Deep Throat. I completely got it from Wikipedia. To put it another way, news in America is so bad the Don fucking Lemon is not doing a PM drive time traffic in Butte, Montana, instead of being allowed on CNN. Think about that for just a second. In any just world, actually, Butte would be too good for you, Lemon. Good God, Lemon. Good God, Lemon, your breath. When did you find time to eat a diaper that you found on the beach? Lemon, I have said good God to you before, but I don't think I've ever meant it until now. Good God! Your ignorance was obvious when you waddled up to me with your thin-lipped mouthful of greasy peasant food and addressed me by my Christian name in front of the gentleman from Fairfield. That's Fairfield, Connecticut, Lemon, GE headquarters. But how would you know that with your nigh 40 years of public education and daytime television viewing? If you ever pull a Bush League stunt like that again, I'm going to have you writing promos for arena football so fast it'll make your inexplicably small head spin. Oh, snap. We get the press corps we deserve, people. We don't put any time or thoughts into the events shaping the world around us. An earthquake in Nepal kills thousands, and we pay attention to Kanye fucking West getting a fake doctorate. After all, who the fuck do we know in Nepal? But we all know Kanye. 
And the lowest common denominator has always played big in the news, but we used to have places we could go to and read stories carefully researched and vetted before they ever saw the light of day. We used to have people called editors who challenged the reporters when they came to them with a story. I mean, have you ever seen a comic book? Do you think Clark Kent could walk into the Daily Planet and tell Perry White that he had some unnamed source in Pakistan telling him that Superman was an Al-Qaeda sympathizer? Because, uh, you know, that shit just ain't gonna fly. Perry would throw his ass out and put Jimmy Olsen on that damn story faster than you can fucking say phone booth. A free and independent press is vital to the safety and survival of a free nation. But that press must be professional, accountable, and above all else, believable. It is actually worse for you to have a bunch of Don fucking lemons and Fox News talking heads than it is to have a Pravda, a government-controlled entity telling you your news, because at least with something like Pravda, you can read it and go, well, basically, if I just assume that the opposite is happening, I'm probably fairly close to the truth. But with CNN and Seymour Hersh, you're sitting there going, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. I think I'm going to go read Entertainment Weekly. Our media is a bunch of corporate nimrods whose only relation to the word integrity is looking the word up in spell check because they have no fucking idea what it means. And John Stewart is retiring, people. You can't depend on some jackass like me to be the new <laughs> the new media watchdog because I'm I'm a heavy drinker and I'm just not going to take that responsibility on. I wish that I knew what was going on in Hirsch's head. Does he believe this, or does he just want to believe it? Is he moldering his way through news stories because they fit a preconceived notion of how the world is? Or is it because he broke these other massive stories that he now feels the truth must be out there? that where there is the faintest whiff of previous combustion, there must be the fizzled matchstick of corruption. I don't know. And unlike Hirsch, I'm willing to admit that I'm just speculating. And yes, over the years, there were, are, and will be small-c conspiracies in Washington. Watergate, Iran-Contra, and what happened between my ex Amy and some guy named Steve in 2004... But those are, were, and will be small numbers of people covering up criminal activities or sexual liaisons in the back of OPA de Cauchon to save their own skins. The idea of massive conspiracies to fool the American people by shadowy cabals of government officials and rich and royalty makes for great TV, but just bad reality because someone will always talk. Also, why in the world would the rich and famous and powerful need to form some conspiracy to get what they want? The rich and powerful are already running the world. That's why we call them rich and powerful. Cabals are unnecessary and expensive. Plus, the exorbitant cost of henchmen and secret lairs are prohibitive except for maybe the Koch brothers, because I'm pretty sure those guys have got one. Sadly, Hearst's cheese has been slipping off his cracker for years now. The New Yorker, who maintained a long and fruitful relationship with him, 
wouldn't touch this story with a ten-foot pole because the editors correctly determined that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And this story has... It's not extraordinary, and there's no evidence. Hirsch said in a Slate interview that The New Yorker and, by proxy, uh, American media, was too wrapped up in what he called Americana to be objective about this story. Because when I think The New Yorker in particular, and most of the American media, I think of tchotchkes of Uncle Sam and American Eagles and lots and lots of flags. What he meant, I am inferring, is that the United States's journalistic institutions are not willing or able to accept the truth about the evil that America does, and there may be some truth to that. Sadly, I don't know if I can say the same thing about the story he wrote, and that the London Review of Books was willing to publish such an unverified and unverifiable story, filled with more holes than Osama's corpse in the text, it's even worse. It might be time to put Grandpa in the home. We all just need to say it and get it over with. No one wants to have him sitting around telling the young kids about that time he killed three Germans and blew up a bridge, forgetting to mention that it was in 1983, and this is essentially what Hirsch is doing. And sigh, if you can come up with some kind of, you know, proof of your allegations, I will be the first one to admit that I was wrong, and that you're not off your rocker. But with that onion tied to your belt like that, I'm more than a little concerned. That's going to close it up for this week at the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast. Um, the audio drops tonight came from the Angry Grandpa Show, which even if this, this is... I'm sure it's fake, but no matter what, he really just shouldn't be around children. And this is also true for the unflappable Jack Donaghy, whose lemon remarks are even more true for Don than they ever were for Liz um, the show music tonight is by the band Hypnostate. Please find their music on jamendo.com. Rock out with them because they really fucking kick ass. And of course, the closing music tonight is by, well, uh, it's a guy named Georgia Rose. What, what the hell is this guy's name? He's uh, a Georgia Rose 16 who's doing a cover of Neil Young's Old Man. Uh, we'll see you next week on What the Hell Were You Thinking?